When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun and we We have a super multicultural community and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions. So make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. So let's jump into the show. Oh, hey guys. Hey. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. Today we are speaking with a good friend of ours and a client and somebody that I've been trying to get on the pod for forever, but a girl's busy. She's really cool. And this has been a weird year, right? Yeah. So we're speaking today with Saida Blonde, one of our great friends. And she, I mean, she's just like a music maven. <laughs> she's she currently is. the global senior manager of the global brand for Sonos. Before that, she worked for NPR Music. Before that, she worked for The Fader. Before that, she was just hitting the streets of New York City being fucking dope and black. She got to live in New York City in the 90s, <laughs> which is just like a dream of mine because I was a preteen yeah. in the late 90s, so <laughs> I only got to go in for the day, but I thought it was so cool. <laughs> no, but Sai, I mean, like I said, we've known her for many years, and so she always just has so many great stories about music and concerts and bands and culture and we just end up having these really great conversations so our conversation starts out like any other normal one we start talking about where she's from but very quickly we just start talking about music and like what it's like working at Sonos and you know just being able to follow your dreams especially as a black woman being able to work her way up the corporate ladder have a title with the name global in it that's fucking dope and we just gush about her being so badass I really love chatting with her. I really love chatting with it was, her, too. I had fun. It felt like we were just hanging, which I guess we were. I know. We were just hanging. On the interwebs. <laughs> On the interwebs, exactly. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, let's just jump in. Here's our conversation with our friend, Cy Blunt. Hi there, I'm Saida Blount. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I am a music 
industry sort of person. So I've worked across the industry in almost every aspect that you can imagine for about 22 plus years. I love it. That was so good. Okay, so I guess listeners, I'm going to say this is going to be difficult to stay on track because Sai has been a client of ours for many years. And whenever we get together, we kind of just like... It just this so, might be tangent. It might be tangent. It's <laughs> so easy too because one is you've been in the city for so many years and you've known so many cool people and had yeah, so many so cool many jobs stories. and so many good stories. So before we get into that, because I'm so excited to talk to you about that and about your love of music and everything, let's start at the beginning of where where you grew up. I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas City, Missouri. Born there till I was 17 or 18 and went away to. College, only child, child of a teacher and a dad that was in the military and also was a curator of an African American museum. So, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up really around academia and learning. Those things were always super important and imperative to my parents. Like, literally, it superseded everything else. Oh also, like, being an only child, I feel like there's probably a lot of pressure because it's like we only got one shot. Yep. and having a military dad that was like wanted to be super strict and then having a mom that was like no that's not flying so yeah everything was just that extra level of extra yeah but i think i mean i said that that's so fun because i feel like all right in my adult life i'm realizing how important like discipline is discipline and structure and all of that stuff and so as a kid i'm sure that sucked but then also to have both sides of the coin like to have your mom who's kind of there to like hopefully soften whatever super strict things your dad was doing right so yeah. that you can kind of like get a little bit of both so it's not, it sounds like it wasn't terrible it was like enough to get you to where you are <laughs> in life 100 percent. yeah yeah it was a lot because you know i went away to college and i realized i was like oh my god i was like i've just been missing everything for a really long time and but I didn't have a completely sheltered childhood or anything like that. So I can't complain. My parents let me do a lot, but they definitely weren't down with the bullshit. They were just kind of like, look. <laughs> they relaxed definitely when I graduated from college. Like, even though my I came home freshman year, my dad, like, tried to put me in a curfew. And even my mom and I both laughed. We're like, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> By any means, so will there be, will there be a curfew? But, uh, Would your mom ever, like, not tell your dad stuff? For sure. Yeah. Like, I think my mom, my mom knew I wasn't up to anything. Like, my mom being a high school teacher, I'm sure she knew in the general sense of things. Like, I was pretty innocent and yeah. flaky and just kind of like, oh, okay. There was nothing malicious going on. Of course, there's just like the going out and probably knowing that I had drinks or something somewhere or was doing A, B, or C, but I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't hanging out with, like, crazy people. My mom knew all of my friends, like, up until I moved to New York City, I literally probably saw the same people from, like, almost seventh grade until I went away. Like, I went to a really small high school. Like, I went to essentially with the same 35 people. (laughs) And, like, it was a really small um, college prep and, um, and most of those people are still my friends to this day. It's wild. That's awesome. I like that. Also, yeah, that's, that's impressive because out of only 35 people, it has to be hard to find your people. You know? Yeah. Like, you don't have a lot of options. Yeah. <laughs> you really and, just don't. Yeah, and, like, and to like them again, enough to still be friends with them. True. It that's takes really a lot. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like I was extraordinarily lucky. lucky. Out of that, I would say probably 70, 80% of those people were really great people. I 
wasn't around anybody that was just like a prime asshole. Like <laughs> so lucky, That's so lucky. Aww, you didn't have to deal with assholes till like later. <laughs> yeah, there were like I mean, there are definitely you know the ones like boys that are just stupid and being bullies for no reason just because they they're boys and they have power and those things like that. Yeah. But overall, it's like a lot of the people I grew up with are really just good people, and I mean, I don't know if that's just the intimate nature of like you got to know, really know people it's like 35 of us like we had to look after each other and like we all yeah. grew up with each other and each other's parents it was mm-hmm. a village it really yeah. was growing up in that kind of aspect of like it takes a village to raise and, a bunch of people so and was this say in terms of like the 35 students what was the demographics of everybody like was it predominantly black or was it predominantly white or was it like a pretty good mix of everybody i mean i'll be in, in the most sense because it was a private it was predominantly white. However, I have to say that, say, you hear five people, to hear that there were five or six of us that were black. And then That's a lot. Like, yeah, out of 35? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> five or six of us that were like of Asian, Pacific Islander, um, Asian descent. Like, that's great. And like, Indian folks and folks that had native heritage because you know we were next to Kansas and so uh, it's surprising that like you know it breaks down the numbers that's really cool yeah that's really cool I mean 10% you're like how's that equal 10% (laughs) I graduated in a class of like over 500 people and there weren't even that many black kids wow I mean I grew up but I graduated I, if we never merged with the two other school districts, I definitely would have graduated in a class of like 30. And I, de- I mean, there was one other black girl, but I don't even think that she was still in my school by the time I ended up graduating. So like, that's, that's awesome. That's impressive. Especially in, for... so did you, you grew up in Kansas City, but Kansas City's in Missouri and in Kansas, right? Yeah, we're definitely um, considered on the Missouri side. And also Kansas City, Kansas at that time was still super in- industrial and kind of warehousey and definitely much more known for being the murder one of the murder capitals of the U.S. Wow. Oh shit, I didn't know that. I mean, Actually, yes. I'm trying to be very sweet about this. Like, you know, <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> way to say it other than there. You know Janelle Monae's from him. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. But so BTK killer, right? Is that Kansas City? <laughs> Yeah, it I was. was You're like, yeah, I was trying to bring that up, but sure. <laughs> I mean, you brought it up, girls. You already brought it up. <laughs> I love it that you know, like, you're a serial killer. I was going to watch it last night, and I was like, why are you oh, trying to put yourself to bed watching this, girl? <laughs> girl, like, growing up with that was, like, that was the thing that's, like, of course, like, having the paranoid parents just oh really yes. set it off. Your dad. I can't like, Oh, more my mom, because my mom, yeah. of course, hearing, like, kids and teenagers and like also there was a serial killer that Kansas City had quite a few unfortunately because then there's also the Truman Capote in cold blood Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was outside in can on the Kansas side, like what's going on outside like? of Topeka, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> there was a guy that was, I mean, what is this talk? What are we talking? We're having a <laughs> moment on this podcast. Um, there was a guy that was going around dressed up as a clown that drove a ice cream truck and that was kidnapping kids or whatever i mean yes! that, was, that really set up my mom she was like because yeah, oh, that's like very low 
right? Like oh, ice cream man. It's so exciting for kids. And no, then no, clowns. No, no, no. That's all kinds of fucked up. No, I don't fuck I, with it's clowns. all kinds of fucked mm-hmm. up. No. It's wild. No, thank just you. So I'm glad that so, your childhood okay, yes. is pretty normal. <laughs> thank you. Considering <laughs> I survived the 80s. Yes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't understand. I mean, granted, I'm, I don't know what kids today are doing, but I mean, I'm sure just more of the inter- surviving the internet. I mean, we had to survive yeah. like child kidnappers and weirdo clouds <laughs> surviving the internet though but you're so right like that's compared to serial killing but like but you kind of just said it perfectly surviving the internet i couldn't imagine how these kids it's so much it's so so much and it's so much information and it's so much as much community as there is out there there's just as much hatred and that's mm-hmm. really frightening to me 100 yeah, percent. i can't even imagine like i have friends i mean i think we all do that are having kids now and it's like you see that their kids are getting ipads and cell phones and things like this that like i could never imagine like giving my kid a cell phone no. they're like how under so, the age of 10 how rich is everybody how is everybody so <laughs> rich that they can I buy know. everybody gets an 1800 dollars macbook everybody gets an ipad like y'all out there if you have kids like how are y'all so rich i don't understand it's yeah, insane I mean, it's nuts it's a whole other thing you can't it's like you can't live a certain lifestyle like with kids you're just like okay i'm like gonna unless you are independently and very wealthy or or out there grinding it's like you have to make decisions of like okay are we gonna go on this vacation or do kids get a laptop right are we gonna right. Do- it's wild yeah. it's like I, as a person who does not have kids and i'm independent and sadly and, and sweetly single no. <laughs> i'm just like looking i'm like oh i got money in the bank and i can do things yeah it's like, nice right it. yeah yeah i'm just like oh i'm gonna go get this you're the rich auntie. i'm gonna go get this yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> girl why you put it <laughs> i am i'm a, i'm the rich auntie in trading yeah yeah when my friends have all these kids and they start turning into teens or whatever am i gonna they're coming outside. Yes. Like, can you get me? Like, can you take me to the Chanel counter? Can you do this? I'm like, come on, let's go. Oh my god. Okay, so I love that. That's the rich auntie to you. To me, the rich auntie was like, if somebody gave me twenty bucks, I was like, yeah, that's I, know. I was like, that's my rich auntie. Five dollars and a birthday card. Yo, mine was. I asked my aunt to take me to the Clinique counter. I was like, yes. can you take me to the Clinique counter? She got me like the three step, and I was literally oh, oh, I love the that kid ever. But she always, my aunt. I think I've told Elizabeth stories about that um, I would clown all of my aunt's boyfriends because um, she was like she was cool and single too at one point and like literally my aunt and her boyfriends would like buy tickets to like cool concerts and I would hear and throw up in <laughs> to the point where she would have to tell the boyfriend I can't take you I've got to take my so that's how I got to see like the Jacksons Janet Jackson like there were so wow. many oh, look, these boyfriends come and go sad. clearly they weren't working out in the <laughs> end were. so for her to be like mm, sorry I gotta take my niece and I was like I remember <laughs> for the best. she was like I'm going to see Janet Jackson I was like <laughs> <laughs> and like <laughs> literally left the room and pouted and my mom was like what are you doing she's like are you Right. So I'm like, I'm going to go in my aunt. 
fully told the boyfriend. She's like, you can't go. My, my niece needs to go. This wow. Is so that is good. Okay. So I want to, okay, now that we took that little parlay, I want to talk about your love of music because that's one of the coolest things. Not, that's not one of the coolest things about you, but something that I love is like, I know Sai Sai's been coming here for forever, but like if you are coming out of the room and somebody else is coming in, you're inevitably wearing a band shirt and people are like, oh my God, like you love that band. I love that band. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's such a cool thing about you is like you can connect with so many different types of people through so many different types of music. And so, I mean, Kansas City is a big music city, but I'd love to talk yeah. more about like what made you love music the way that you do. I mean, Auntie, obviously. Yeah, it's a weird mix of, I think you hit on it, you know, Kansas City is a secret music hub in the Midwest. Like, you know, we had, give you a little history lesson, that like in the 40s, 50s, 60s, radio towers that ended up beaming out music throughout the entire Midwest and even into the South. So Kansas City's had a really large tradition of amazing radio stations. So mm. I grew up and I remember like my parents driving around listening to really great music on the radio, being in the car seat in the back and also being an NPR baby too, like all yeah. of those things. But radio in Kansas City was outstanding. So I really have always been super grateful for that and you know I came to New York and I was like what is this this is terrible like compared to Kansas City <laughs> the radio in Kansas City is unbelievable it's not great See, yeah. radio not yeah. great there's only a few great stations okay not to cut you off I grew up in the middle of nowhere where there's no music there's only country music like I think I told you I thought that um why are upstate people so southern because it's like rural, like rural shit. They but like southern accents, <laughs> they do. But like Joni Mitchell, I thought was white because they just played her music with like all the other white artists. So it was just like, all right, here's another white lady, and this was like pre-internet, so I never saw a picture of her. So for me coming to New York, I was like, oh my god, Wait, isn't Joni Mitchell white? No, she is white. Joni no, no, white. no, not Joni Mitchell. Who am I thinking of? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, <laughs> my mind was just blown. No, I'm like, I'm Joni Mitchell's black. No. <laughs> Um, what's her name? Um, this the black singer with dreadlocks who sounds. Oh, oh Tracy Chapman. Tracy, Tracy Chapman. Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Wait, Joni Mitchell? Yeah, big yellow taxi. Yeah, she's white lady. All right. Well, <laughs> she's like super hippy dippy. Do you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of that. Um, that amazing. Tracy I'm Chapman. Like, I'm like Tracy Chapman. I don't know. Oh my it god. Okay. Chapman. Long story short, is New York City don't have no good radio stations. That's Basically. what we're trying to get to. <laughs> What music was popular when you moved to New York City? When did you move here? I moved here in 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been here for year 23. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah alternative like rock and, and then, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like coming here as like the high time of like backpacker and, and yeah, indie rock and like that cool like British electronic music oh, and yeah. then like weirdo artists like it was still like high bjork time and like um it was just really yeah i I mean those times but i knew shit was was good yeah so you know also to just jump back it's like you know i also have to really always shout out my parents my you know i being brainwashed by the patriarchy i always assume that oh you know my music taste came from my dad. But, you know, as I've gotten older and really appreciate and talk with my mom and my mom trying to figure out what I do for a living every day, <laughs> um, I, re- I think I realized that my mom had just as equal great music taste as my dad. And I remember my parents just 
always having a, a ton of vinyl and my dad took great care and great pride in having a really great sound system in our house yeah. and, and my parents putting on vinyl and just like albums just always being on and it was yeah. just in the background and me you know one of the earliest things I remember about music is dancing around the living room with my mom to ABBA and listening to really great stuff my mom just her music taste and some of the things that she loved are those sentimental things to mm-hmm. me that that I get very fiery about like I heard people like don't like wings I'm like what do you mean you don't like wings <laughs> this is unbelievable and like people that are like ABBA is corny I'm like ABBA how dare you ABBA's the greatest thing ever but and you know there's a lot of interesting stuff that my parents listened to that I didn't get into until later like jazz of course like being kings I know but yeah. why are we like that I don't know I always liked jazz when I was a kid but we weren't allowed to listen to a lot of things so it was kind of just like it was this or, or classical or nothing or like Motown do you know oh wow or yeah like dangerous when Michael Jackson dangerous came out my mom was a big Michael Jackson fan so we were like, oh listen to that but good I get it yeah I get it also like music I don't know. I think there's something about our parents' generation where, like, having a sound system was such a thing. Like, um, we're going to get to this later, but I remember telling you the first time I used the Sonos when Kevin got it for us, I got so emotional, and I didn't realize I was going to because I felt the music for the first time. I felt the subwoofer for the first time since I was, like, a kid, and it took me right back to being in my parents' living room, like, feeling the music and dancing around like that. And also, I like that you're so nostalgic with your music and, like, because we all liked bad music at some point. There's nobody in the history of this planet who just always had great taste in music. Like, we all listened to cheesy <laughs> shit at some point. So, then yeah. you pretend like you didn't, right? So, I love that instead of pretending like you didn't like ABBA, you're just like, look, this is a special place in my heart. And fuck you. You're not going to talk rule. shit. You fucking rule. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, the radio for a lot of us was our first friend. And it's like, oh, yeah. um, it just kind of helped you. It was like something that was always on. And, Something that felt like it was really yours. Like, one of the greatest things for me is that my parents would take me to the record shop. Remember those? Took me to the, like, (laughs) the record store where they sold everything, like a Peaches or, like, a Sam Goody or whatever. And my parents would buy me, and it was mine, a block of cassette tapes. And they were just, like, they would give me the cassette tapes. So I would feel such ownership of, like recording my own music and that fun of hitting play and record and rewind and trying to get it perfect and I mean that spirit and joy is like it bums me out that kids don't get to really feel that because that was something that was unique and very touch worthy and tactile that you kind of love about music and yeah I appreciate growing up listening broadly Um, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people don't get that anymore or or it's too easy for them. I mean, we put in work when we listen to music. Remember when we had to, like, look at music magazines? And we had to, like, even with the, the beginnings of the internet, where you had to research yeah. bands. And yeah, like, 100%. So, oh, my God. Totally. And it would take all day to download an album. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. Days. You didn't just get it right. It's so, it days. blows my Dude, mind Dude, if you had dial-up, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start over so many times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's so true. Right, it's not so just like, the kind of music; it's like wh- how you listened to it. Yeah, yeah. more nostalgic, which yeah. is yeah. 
Okay, so when you moved to New York, you how did you start working in music? Like, what was that discovery for you? Because you moved here, you were like, these radio stations are trash. How did <laughs> you know? I came to New York for grad school, and I was doing graduate level work for public policy and, and like political science. And the school I went to, new school, which was great. It just wasn't as challenging as I thought. It wasn't as challenging as my undergrad. Like my undergrad was one of the, the top schools for like political science and whatnot. So I got here and I felt like I was in the rhythm, but I was in New York City. It's like when it's a 24-7 city, there was something pumping and awesome going on 24 hours a day mm-hmm. that was a subway ride or a, a quick walk away. And so I literally was just like, okay, I'm going to just jump into this feet first and take advantage of as much as I can. And so um, I ended up, again, when the web, this is like when the web is just starting to kick off, um, I researched in, remember there used to be like on the really basic dial-up and basic internet, like subjects you could go and look up and like things and like not just like the broad of like okay here's oh, everything yeah. oh my god remember it was like right. I forgot about that too yeah remember it was like yeah. bucketed that you could be like culture or yes yes politics or yeah, yeah it was like a library yeah. 100% oh my god and so like bring me back oh it's wild when buttons, you think about think like, like Al Gore's literally yeah. Al Gore's internet You're yes, like, yeah <laughs> Um, at that time, there was something about, like, New York music. And so I went out there and just was, like, looking around. And there was weirdly internships and, and all these, like, Web 2.0 companies that were trying to break into music and culture. And I was just like, I want to totally do that. These are cool, like, these are the magazines that I used to, like, pick up and read at Barnes & Noble. Like, those $8 British magazines. And you were just like, I love this. Yeah. They were all, like, looking for interns or people or whatever. So just started diving into jobs that were looking for interns and people to write music and I was just like okay I'm always writing for politics why can't I like shift it over to like the stuff that I love anyway so started covering music for a bunch of online magazines and I ended up working for this one called Platform for four years and it was kind of a kind of a groundbreaking sort of online and I put in quotations outlet but (laughs) we were well known for unfortunately at that time bringing vice to the U.S. and uh, working with like (laughs) it's just a lot people be hating on vice I know I mean (laughs) we'll just let vice alone but um I mean I wish everyone could have seen her face. I know too. people be. It's funny though. Like the last week, I've been hearing so much trash talk about this company. I mean, yeah, you really do have to just leave it alone yeah. at one point. It's just, it's, it's like we can because nothing yeah. will happen to them, right? We'll be yeah. fine. Oh man. But um, ended up kind of just getting entrenched in downtown skater streetwear, the beginnings of streetwear yeah. culture, all of that stuff that was percolating at the end of the 90s into the early 2000s Mm -hmm. in New York City. I got a crash course in that stuff really quickly. And, you know, some of these people that I worked with are either, like, the lead in covering it or started their own companies or whatnot. But it was at that time. Young people could come to New York City, pay four or five, six hundred dollars a month in rent, 
and just jump in full force into culture while being an artist or while being like wanting to be a writer or wanting to like cover these things and yeah, so pretty, that's what i did New York, right yeah, yeah i mean that's what i did and you know i was constantly out seven nights a week going to shows and i mean when shows were affordable you could like go see somebody amazing for ten dollars fifteen dollars five dollars like yeah. or free like if you get the right magazine remember magazine parties like yeah. when a magazine would have a yeah. party and like they would have mia play for free yeah. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, yes. Yeah. I caught like the tail end of that in New York. Like the very, very, because it was like right before the, the recession, right? So it was like, yeah, man. Seeing, like at that point, I think the last time that I saw something like that, it was uh, Kid Cudi going to a, a magazine party and Kid Cudi was like playing. Oh my God, Kid Cudi. Yeah. Was that the day and night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That kid cut. I like that kid cutty. He can rock. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> He's still out there. He just dropped a single, I think, recently. He did. did. You're he did, very right? dead oh, up. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I'm so cool. All right, kids. I'm lame. I still listen to the music I listened to in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just I I loved being immersed in music and like going out all the time. It's like if you're gonna be here in New York City and at that time where stuff was affordable and neighborhoods were emerging williamsburg didn't like that like williamsburg now did yeah. not exist mm -mm. and it's like uh, being in williamsburg at that point it was literally and i'm not joking because the company i worked for had a warehouse like a floor of a warehouse in williamsburg it was nothing but truckers and hookers and <laughs> and like artists that were yeah. brave enough to pay like a thousand bucks a month i mean when I moved to New York, like you could still find apartments on bulletin boards. Like at, at um, New School, they had bulletin boards like apartments for rent, and like people would put up cards and notes, and like you could go and somebody like I put up a thing and like, hey, some young person looking for an apartment. Somebody called me and was like, hey, I've got a loft in Williamsburg that's a dollar a square foot, and he's like, I got a thousand square foot one. I'm like, oh, a thousand dollars and. I turned that down. I was oh like, no, nah, that's way too much money. It was, <laughs> right? right? It was, as, a, time, as, right. as a working student, you're like, oh, yeah, a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Oh, I was like, look, God. I'm paying like, little did you know? Wow. Little did I know. I mean, wow. that's literally it. Um, Metropolitan I mean, at White and Kent. And like, oh, I'm sure the rent on that wow. like, now is probably like 12. Oh, it's out of control. Yeah, it's out of control. Yeah. Oh that's God. where the Nighthawk Cinema is now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so insane yeah wow okay so then you've just worked all over new york city in terms of music you worked in npr for a little bit right mm -hmm. and where else have you did been did you love npr oh yeah let's gush about what npr like for a little bit because like of I course did. i love npr but i've never worked there <laughs> yeah i mean i've worked everywhere like i was freelance for a lot of years and had a lot of great clients like adidas and spotify and i worked for a lot of ad agencies worked for the fader for a lot of years yeah. like working on their events but yeah you know the fader was so all wrote, cool yeah it was very cool it's they're still around and they i are? give yeah i give oh, uh, john and rob the owners give them a big shout out they really had a, a, an eye for finding really amazing talent like i worked with some of the greatest folks ever i mean so many people that came out of the Fader magazine are basically editors in chiefs at Condé Nast. I mean, Will wow. Welsh is the editor in chief of GQ now. Choma is the 
lead for Vogue.com. Mobilaji is the fashion director at Mm -hmm. GQ. I mean, the theater is a real ground for finding really ripe talent. I mean, so many people that are there went into huge, amazing things afterwards. And I mean, even at Sonos, there's a lot of fake folks. I mean, there's a bunch of us over there. So I had this awesome internship at um, Frame Noir. And then when that ended, my boss recommended me to intern at the Fader. (laughs) I'm such a loser because when I got there, it was like too cool for me. I was just like, Oh, I can't do this job. Thank God this was past that point because like working for Black Frame, they worked with like Redarte and like really high end, beautiful places. So past the satin side place. But it wasn't cool enough. Like I was so aware that these people were so beyond me, which is kind of like a theme within my New York City life is just meeting incredible people who are way cooler than I am and just kind of like being in awe. But at least like being self-aware to recognize, do you know what yeah. I mean? And I kind of bowed out gracefully. I was like, this is an incredible opportunity. I think that if I don't leave now, y'all are going to fire me because you're <laughs> going to realize that I'm not cool enough for this position. <laughs> that is BS, I would like to say. But um, <laughs> but no, you're the coolest lady. And I mean, I hope oh. we get to dive into like how I stand you and your music selection. Oh, because every time you. I come in, I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> like, literally, that for me is the best. That like one, I get to look pretty, and two, I come in and I get to hear. I mean, I'm trying not to like Shazam your entire soundtrack when I come in because <laughs> you know I want to, but I'm I trying to have some home training. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild being in New York City and having a career in music but leading all roads for me led to NPR I was there for five plus years and, and ironically again how I mentioned before that explaining to my mom what I did this is the first job that she was like what? my mom <laughs> literally cried when I called and told her I got the job at NPR she like my mom cried on the phone That's she was so like good. I can't believe it and then like my mom does not do anything like my mom is dry mom she doesn't drink she doesn't smoke she doesn't try <laughs> my mom was like i have to go out and get a drink she's like, I was like whoa <laughs> like i literally blew my mom my mom's mind that i got that because literally i was an npr baby i remember yes. growing up like being strapped in the back seat yes. listening to it i was like this is the Yes, and like, that's so annoying. But, but it's so I become, good. You, everybody hurt. becomes like NPR gets you. It's just true. Like, there's it. a point you realize. Yeah. It's funny. Your parents have had a huge influence on your life. Yeah. You just didn't realize it. The yeah. whole, you know, for a long time. That's sweet. You start tagging it in. I'm just like, oh, I'm listening to long form storytelling and. And those voices it, it yeah. is the future yeah. and because here we are look at that right npr is one of the few media outlets that is literally the listenership is 18 to 65 there's nothing like that on the planet like so no cool. one has that it's like not even pitchfork not even like vogue like there's very few that like are in that echelon and it was just a great experience and you know i worked with some of the most amazing people I got to work across the lines that I was music as well as doing occasional projects for NPR proper which that's a whole machine I mean 40 plus years I don't even know how many in the 40s it is but it's deep 40s mm-hmm. um, plus of being a part of everyone's household and like mm-hmm. of the zeitgeist and it just helps build a cachet for you because you know people trust NPR it is it's public media mm-hmm. it's 
well researched. Yes. Nothing goes onto the website or on air that has not been fact checked until the nth degree. Like right. it just doesn't happen. Like when unfortunately somebody passes, like you'll notice other websites are rushing to get the news up. Like, okay, this person died. Let's yeah. get it up, get him, get up. You'll notice sometimes that it takes like NPR like five or six hours afterwards. They are making sure that there is not an error, mm -hmm. that that obituary is 100% correct, that the AP has confirmed it, mm -hmm. that the like a manager or somebody, a family member or somebody close has secondarily confirmed it. Like I love that, though, especially yeah. in, the, in the age of like fast news where things go out so fast and everybody's trying to beat each other. And then that's yeah. how fake news, but also inaccurate news goes out. Like if I hear something from NPR, to me, that's fact. And if yeah. ever like. I heard it at NPR. I don't know who said it at NPR. It might have been Ira. might have been Terry. Somebody said it at oh, NPR. Yeah, I'm not going to question this. Yeah. It's on there. It's legit. <laughs> Being there at music, you get folks that were pretty hesitant about doing publicity or promotion or fun, different things, would give you the benefit of the doubt and would pretty much do it. Like, um, yeah. You know, it, granted, it, this was not under me. Um, like, how do you get Adele to like come in and do a tiny desk? Yes, like, Adele. I mean, that she done it. She's done it twice now, I think. And it's like when she was like baby Adele, and then like well known Adele. Yes, it's just like oh, I mean, and then to like get like Bruce Springsteen and like members of Radiohead and like people like that will trust you like the people that are, are hesitant about just kind of hopping on like any promo train yeah they'll do it like it was a really great environment and then I just had some so many unique experiences there that I will never have anywhere else it's like one all of my leadership were women wow which was I love that. yeah it was pretty amazing that everybody I had checks and balances with and then other department leads it was very unique and it was pretty awesome to have women that they understood like and they gave me a new perspective of what I will and I will not do in a workplace ever again it's mm. like and how I will be treated how I'll be talked to how I will have my ideas accepted how I will have my perspective explained not only by me but by other people it's like oh, wow. um, it was a great training ground for a lot of that stuff and then also to see the checks and balances and the ones that I did and did not have, like there was a lot of trust put in me that like who gives, I mean, granted we had public media budgets, but who gives <laughs> annually some people like a lump of money and they're just like make awesome music content. And like wow. we got to create shows and like we would wow. go to festivals and like, you know, they were like, we broadcast like the Newport Folk Festival. I had never been to anything like that in my life. Yeah. Like iconic. I mean, it's iconic things. Yeah. Like that's been around like yeah before like some of our parents were born. And yeah. like so it's like crazy stuff. And so many great I mean that's specifically the Newport Folk. It's like awesome like for people who don't know, but like incredible albums were recorded there. Incredible albums that are like one offs, right? Like Bob Dylan or Miles Davis or like these incredible people or like Nina Simone and that's so cool that they that you got to experience that that it isn't yeah. just you know like the fader is cool yes but that working at NPR you got to get into like this institutionalized like Smithsonian level of music and culture in the country that's really awesome yeah and across genres I met people that were specialists in genres that I was just like Please teach me. Like the leads for classical were 
like unbelievable. I mean, to walk into Carnegie Hall or Lincoln Center with them meant something completely different yeah. on a level. Like if I had went, like going with them, they're like the rock stars. And I went with this woman that's named Anastasia, who was one of the classical leads at NPR Music. I went with her just to a like a midday midweek performance at Carnegie Hall. Walking so in, it was so awesome. <laughs> I mean, just real casual walking into like Carnegie Hall. Walking in with her, it was like walking in with Keith Richards. Like she wow. was a rock yeah. star. Like people were like, oh, Anastasia's here. Wow. Like you would hear people like whispering, whispering, whatever. I was like, <laughs> and I, like, I'm walking like, yeah, I nothing <laughs> about this, but I'm with her. And, like, That's so cool. Same with like the jazz specialist at like NPR. Like they got me into a whole other world where I was just like, I'm never gonna be able to learn about this stuff. But then they would teach me about like newer folks like Kamasi Washington coming up mm -hmm. or and I it's just like, oh, they broadened and gave me lanes that I could explore. I mean, the world music folks, I mean, they just like brought me to a whole other level. And that's the playing field you get on when you're in a place like NPR music. So to have five years of that and also wow. just Working with folks that were really amazingly kind. Again, another generally drama-free place. Like, most people that are working there really want to work there. It's they're like you're getting... Yeah, they're yeah. profesh. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> these are folks, again, like, we're not making a ton of money there. It's like, it's a public media salary. You're really doing this for the love yeah. of, like supporting the arts, supporting media that's open and free to everyone, showing diverse perspectives. Mm -hmm. So it was a gift. And, you know, it was very, very hard to leave there. But, you know, the opportunity that I got presented at Sonos, where I am now, just took things to a much more global level. And for me, as a woman, knowing that I'm a woman of color, a woman of color that's getting older day by day in the music <laughs> industry, which that is real. Like, yeah. um, I mean, that's something that I, I've started to think about now that I'm in my 40s, that it's like, you know, I'm starting to get into stuff that I'm probably a first or like following a first. And, yeah. you know, I've been through a lot of my career used to being a first, like mm -hmm. I'm a lot of the times the only person that looks like me in a room and I'm the only gender black person woman I mean all yeah. sorts of things single person like that's a whole new thing too. like kind of wow. identifying where people have to like I'm balancing my schedule against people that have kids and like I'm like oh I got free time and like don't put that work on me <laughs> <laughs> but I mean those are realities yeah. that start kicking in at a certain point it's like Sonos opened a lot of doors to me that I was just like I, I've got to take this and it's like you know this is the co a company that was really interesting at the time when I decided to make that jump from NPR music they were looking at music differently about like okay we know that we're a, a speaker company and we do stuff at home and whatever but how do we make that experience resonate and live for real music fans and that they were like we're totally open for you trying some stuff out and seeing how it lands and like fair play no foul if it doesn't work out who right. says that to somebody wow. on a global level like totally. okay yeah that's incredible and also to have some i mean i'm sure for you to have a this big company believe in you or give you that chance that's awesome that's also maybe probably felt like all right bitch you know what you're doing yeah. like we could do this 
it was wild to be like headhunted for that. Like, awesome. you know, the, yeah. And that they called the first time that they called me, I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I was literally, you know, NPR is the host of the opening night of South by Southwest. That was my bi- when I was at NPR, my biggest project of the year. Like, I literally started in October for something that launched in March. Like, wow. you needed tons of lead up time, and yeah. you're working with the entire team you're taking down 20 plus people i managed all of that That and it's like it was and like (laughs) they called me um sonos's headhunter called me in i want to say like january february and i was just like i can't deal with you right now (laughs) literally i remember picking up the phone being like this is fantastic i appreciate you calling me but i was like i am so stressed right now and right. I was like I can't do this how about you call me in the fall and right. they did they called wow. me back they in the fall to. and I was still stressed because I was working on Americana Fest which was another big festival we did but in Nashville but I was just like okay this guy started to say keywords I've yeah. not heard yet I was like global and blah, blah, blah. so yeah, I was like let global. me make yeah I was like <laughs> let me go ahead and make some time for that so yeah yeah, to be headhunted on that sort of level was really, really nice. And um, Sonos has been a really great adventure and a great journey. It's like, you know, I've gotten to work on projects that are here and local. And, you know, we curated a lot of stuff here for New York City and whatnot. And then evolving to doing events around the world. I mean, they sent me to London and um, I was supposed to go to Berlin, but every time that I was supposed to go to Berlin, something happened. It was almost like we laughed. It was a curse in Berlin. Like every time <laughs> I was supposed to go, something happened. So I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to go to Berlin for some of us, but I'm not going to live right now because I want them to send me to Berlin. Um, <laughs> and, you know, now I'm working on this Sonos radio project, which is really fun that it's like, you know, virtually I get to go around the world just through audio and creating playlists and music and shows that people get to like vibe on like in markets around the world that is awesome it's so i feel like things have really like everything in your life was very meant to be and it truly like kind of all came together in this job you're so sweet that's like my mom and my aunt say that as well (laughs) that it's kind of like you know it's weird when you're kind of an old lady um, and scrappy and you're like you're broke sometimes you know going through that up and down and that challenge like when we're kind of like am i really doing the right thing should i stay in school for politics and just kept this as a side hobby or like oh my mom doesn't even know what i do she's like what's going on and like why are you in new york city struggling you could move back to the midwest or go somewhere else or you can get a job at the post office the most <laughs> black mom thing ever like I love it's, moms. it's literally so funny and it's like to have a job like this now where again i have very little oversight like with this radio thing a lot of people put a lot of trust in me in a large program but they're kind of like we trust your music taste we trust your curatorial taste we love your cultural perspective just make it happen and so tell us about sonos radio because you you're kind of glossing over it like it's not a big deal but it's a big deal and i just started listening to it after like only a month of you being like bitch have you listened to sonos radio yet (laughs) and it's so good it's so so good so will you tell the listeners like kind of overall what sonos radio is and then i can just come in and gush about what i love about it (laughs) you all are so funny um 
so Sonos Radio launched about a year plus ago, and um, or at least the work started way before that. And then we launched in April of last year during the pandemic. It was it was insane. Also, perfect just trying timing, to though, because everybody's yeah. at home, so not. Girl, timing. let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah we've got. We're <laughs> very thankful about that at Sonos that people chose to listen to our content during this because it was like such a labor of love. But Sonos Radio is a platform that comes along with your it now comes along with your Sonos products and it basically is 100% human curated it's like a lot of stations and shows that are based on mood genre there are artists that are involved everyone from Bjork to Tom York FKA Twigs Third Band Records we had David Byrne we're about to announce Mm -hmm. tons more people but it's a matter about you know, for us, it's music discovery. We want people to learn the love of music. You know, mm-hmm. we sit and we talk about what's the best way to get people interested in music and listen to again. Like mm-hmm. those su- surprise and delight moments, yes. and like the songs that like used to be the deep cuts on the album. That like when you flip it, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's not the lead single, but. And then remember, like reading liner notes. Nobody does that. So there's yeah. kind of those moments and shows that we have on sonos radio that are about educating like we have this one show called black is black that i've been listening to it i love it it's awesome it's about the black diaspora of music like not only just focusing on like america's version of whatever you consider black music to be but black music from around the world from africa to the uk canada the middle east like Mm -hmm. what are we doing and for me it was really really important to make a statement that a black woman leads that. And so our host, Lindsay, has been known throughout her career for being just a beast about, like, knowing her genres. She's one of the best mixers in the game. She's, like, a huge DJ that, like, she DJs the main stage of, like, Afropunk Fest. And then she was also... Yeah. Uh, The new episodes are the first Thursday of every month. It's a really amazing show. Nice. So in order to access this, you have to own a Sonos product. You do, but we also partnered with Mixcloud. So we have a Mixcloud archive. So people okay. that don't have Sonos uh, product can go to mixcloud.com slash Sonos and they can check out um, all of the really great shows. So cool. the archive is pretty um, amazing to see the array of stuff all the way it from like awesome. yeah yeah it's tom really york good. my favorite is britney howard radio it's so good i mean she is incredible a beast and yeah. incredible and hearing her voice and her personality and then hearing her selection of songs you realize i'm like this is where alabama shakes comes yes. from her mind yes. and yeah. her collaborators and her bandmates totally. mind that they listen to this music and it really is seeped into them and she just sounds like a warm bath with a glass of wine. <laughs> That's true. And I love like she I love okay, so I've only listened to the two stations, but what I loved about Brittany Howard was that she was talking about what she loved about these songs. Like she was talking about uh Al Green's song. And she was like, the organ in this song, I've been trying to get this sound for myself for years and that's why I love this song so like you guys enjoy it and that's so cool to listen to a song that you've heard for so many so many so many times but hear it from a different person's perspective and like yeah I heard that organ for the first time probably and I was just like that is a good organ she's not wrong 
That's incredible. Yeah. It's not really, wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. I'm just having fun. Yeah, it's fun. But on a personal note, I do want to say that so that I love Sonos and Sai working at Sonos is just like a bonus. Like I love Sonos before I met you, but my boyfriend loves Sonos and like I mentioned, I grew up in a musical household and you guys you and I have spoken about this before, but it's interesting. Our we are the generation that like our parents had systems maybe, but then we listened to see, like Walkman, we listened to Discman, we listened to iPods, now we listen to our phone or we listen to music from the computer so I forgot what it was to feel music I forgot what it was to have a subwoofer and as you even said we're the generation that listens to music privately we don't necessarily listen to it as a group and so Mm -hmm. I love that Sonos for me it's more than just like this thing that you listen to it's kind of become this like nostalgic thing in that like there's a little subwoofer I feel the music coming from the floor when I play it it's so powerful that like it sounds the way that music is supposed to sound and I forgot that there's so many nuances before I got like my beats for Dr. actually I got my beats for Dr. Dre because I got a Sonos and I was like oh is this what music could sound like all the time And, it's but crazy. It's such a great product. It's a, I, I love the product. That's all. Is at the end of the day, if you don't have a Sonos, they're not that expensive, and I think that they're kind of like the maybe price points are great. I just moved into a new place, and that's one of it's on my list of things that I'm buying for the apartment. The one thing I realized coming out of working at NPR is that when you get a job at Sonos, they send you like a little like our play. At the time, it was the Play One. Now we have the Sonos One. They would send you a Play One as a congratulation gift. And it was like the sound difference was a game changer. I was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. listening to music in your environment where it envelops you and you feel it coming over you. And like you hear your favorite songs and you hear that emotion. And like you mentioned, you hear that under bass or you hear that really high note that you're just like not hearing on like your general headphones or whatever. I was just like, Sony headphones. Yeah. And I was, (laughs) it, it blew my mind. And I was like, this is why Sonos does well. I was like, oh, it reminds people that, yeah, listening together. And I mean, that was kind of a tagline that Sonos had for a while. But that is real. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, also, it becomes part of your environment. It does open up your world and your lanes a little bit differently. Like, imagine when you're together, like, with your friends or with your significant other or with your parents, and you're cooking together or. You're just sitting on your back porch and you're like telling stories and you hear music and like a song comes up that everybody like laughs or there's like a great memory around it and you dance. Like yes. you forget about that when you're just by yourself and you're like working really hard and you have your headphones on and yeah. you're just tapping. It makes a huge difference. Like music is super important to your lives. And like I think that that's the extension I'm kind of trying to dive into when I work on radio stuff that it's like. I want people to hear the songs that they're familiar with, the songs that maybe they forgot they loved, and then also exposing them to, like, as we all call them, the surprise and delights or the rare tracks that, like, mm-hmm. you're like, I have never heard that, but I want to hear more. Like, yes. it'll get you in a wormhole. Yeah. So, yeah, so this has been fun, and, like, I, I'm pretty grateful as a person who owns an insane amount of Sonos in my house <laughs> that literally I can't walk through my like apartment without like having a speaker or like I could change as if I had the Apple, but I could just change the environment. I and love walk, it. But yeah, that's great. It's so good. So. Especially working from home, just being home a lot. You guys yes. have like different rooms. There's like the classical room. There's like the R&B room. <laughs> There's like... Really true. <laughs> or being the person... That. 
I was telling Elizabeth about, you know, one of the fun, nerdy, like, practical jokes we used to do at the New York store is that in our bathroom, there was, like, a huge, like, our Play 5 speaker. And, okay, so say upstairs we were doing, like, a listening party for, like, an indie pop album. Like, it was a Fleet Foxes album. So in the bathroom, we would totally put on, like, kids pop or like speed metal <laughs> or something so and then like we would just like if we knew somebody was going down there we would just like turn up the volume super loud so it would just be like okay. such a strange like they're like what environment am it's I going to <laughs> <laughs> but that's like total like the pro move like put a speaker in your bathroom and then yes. like if you're having like a dinner party or like a party put something completely different on in there so people are just like what is going I'm on in this house in my bathroom it makes it's it is a protest. <laughs> Let me my tell you. Speaker in I, our bathroom when we shower, it's I need it's it. life changing. Yeah, you yeah. can make your day so much better if you start your day showering with music on. Yeah, I don't it's know what true. It is. And not just listening to my voice. Sometimes it's or a podcast. podcast. Like yeah. I love the podcast <laughs> in the bath in the shower. It's yeah. the greatest. So good. I need that. All it's right. Great. So let me write that down. Can I ask you? Yeah. Both you ladies, some some beauty questions. Oh my god! <gasps> yes. <laughs> I mean, I think we've got two li- two levels. I mean, we've kind of on the low discussed some of this. I mean, one waxing. <gasps> <gasps> Have you no never waxed? waxed? I mean, other than like lip or brow, but no, the other stuff. Nope. Brazilian wax. You need a Brazilian with me. I know. I've been, I'll like, give you a good Brazil. She slow, she's like, okay, now talk to me more about the Brazilian wax. She goes, how long does it take? Like five minutes? I was like, it's yeah. going to be a little I really longer did ask for that. Girl. I was like, can we get this done in like five to seven minutes? I, have, my I can pain. do like ten. Okay. Unless you're extremely hairy, it'll be longer. But <laughs> Your face. <laughs> you can always start with just a bikini line. Ease your way into That's it. It's the same thing, yeah. You know, like... And then this is what I do. Whenever someone's unsure, I'm like, well, just do bikini line. And then once they realize it's not that bad, the bikini line, I'm like, I think you could do more. Yeah. And gotcha. Yeah. Honestly, waxing is life changing. And you need to, I think everyone with a vagina at some point in their lives just needs to get a bikini wax. At least once. I, I believe like that too. I think you were right. Yeah, yeah. It just feels really nice. I don't know. It feels great. And as you keep saying, we're coming out of here soon. We're all coming out. Yeah, we got to crawl other. out with all our fur. So we've you know? got to take care of But too, it's like, I don't know about you, but I need a fucking vacation bad. Yeah. Yes. This needs a beach. I bet you need a beach too. You beach know? and a cocktail. Mm. Beach and a cocktail that deserves a wax, so you can just chill. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, I just need help with the pain management. Like I, couple of a half hour before. Uh, I have the lowest pain tolerance to the point really? that at <laughs> my dentist, I have it's on my file that they have to give me extra like pain stuff because mm. I. Like during like okay, that's a dentist girl. You'd be surprised what your no. vagina can handle. No, look at your face. <laughs> also, I had um, I had nasal laparoscopy. Like, um, I literally stopped the surgery. I was just like, I can feel that, and like she didn't believe. Oh, I was like, take the tube out, like, because I can feel it. Oh, like, I felt okay. like the little bones on the side of my, oh my like face okay, break. You're talking maybe about maybe we'll you. Do you drink? Do you want some wine before? Surgical things. You're not talking about like, I oh, know. I got my ear pierced, and I was like, no, stop. Like you're talking about like surgery. <laughs> well, it's that's nasal laparoscopy. All this. It's like a balloon expanding in your nasal cavity. No, I can feel so, it. It doesn't matter. Brazilian is way easier. I think that if we give you like a glass of wine, you can't before to <laughs> Brazilian wax. It's just like a nasal surgery. Exactly. Yeah. 
Pennywise, it is. It is equal. <laughs> I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that it's like not that bad. If that's what you're comparing it to, especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to be, be like, fine. this is nothing. Okay. All right. Yeah. It means Fair. Oh, my goodness. Because so I love funny. giving people their first Brazilian ever. Yeah. I don't know why. It's very fun. It's like so new to them. They're usually excited, but kind of scared. It's Alex cute. is the best. Honestly, I'm not the best, you, you but know, I'm no, one of the you best. Know, first of all, I looked for years to find somebody <laughs> to join. And then when I finally did find Alex, she had a, some girls, well, so many girls that came with her. But the first couple of times when I would meet them, they'd be like, um, just so you know, Alex is the best. And I was like, no, no, I know. They're like, no, you don't know. Oh. Alex is the best. I'm like, all right, girl. All right. You're like, I crossed the river to get here. <laughs> yeah. In New York City, that's huge. Like, if somebody, your clients follow you across a bridge. Like exactly. you're very bridge, exactly. It's exactly. true. It's true. It um, is true because everything here is convenience. You know, yeah. we do whatever's yeah. convenient. It's true. it's true. Not when it comes to your vagina. I remember that the final my final thoughts with Sai. Mm. One, Sai taught me to embrace auntie life. She said just, <laughs> just sit back, ease into it. It's kind of the greatest. And it's pretty much the best advice I've ever gotten. Because ever since then, it's just like anything. I chalk it up to auntie yeah. life. Alex <laughs> <laughs> like the Joni Mitchell Not thing the that Joni just too, but also like do you remember there were like these boys we went to like this uh, this event and there were like oh these God. young men that were helping us with our bags and they were very handsome but they were very young and so we're like jokingly flirting with them to me it's obvious that we're aunties and then I'm like oh my God these 19 year olds think that we're serious right now they don't know they the aunties they, they don't yeah. know the auntie jokes <laughs> oh my God like, it's like, I take it to like the next level like to me everything is just I'm 58 everybody can see yeah, it like, I'm an oh, this young guy this cute That's young guy it. you know like <laughs> oh my god we were like what did we just do exactly like why don't they know and then the last thing is um your auntie who we kind of did touch on we might have to have her on we have to have her on you might have to she's kind of i'm telling you i mean she had me on the phone at, yes. at one o'clock in the morning i was like ma'am <laughs> like <laughs> i am not <laughs> I am not um, IT here over your house. I know. My grandma goes to bed late and wakes up still at 530 in the morning no matter what. Yeah. I don't know how. They all do. It's unbelievable. It's very strange. I'm like, you don't have a job. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, my job. aunt is really chillaxing too. She's like retired and is having, like living her best life. Like she sends so me. So nice. I'm going to have to send you guys a snapshot. She sent me, um, but for last year, which it didn't work out so well, and then this year, a t-shirt that says the year of Saida 2021 yes that's amazing <laughs> so she said one for me and also my work colleague who found it immediately intriguing she's like it. what she's like your aunt sent you t-shirts that like talk about this year this is your year, year. that's amazing and she, so my aunt was like oh I'm gonna go get her one too why did it pop up oh in the mail I was like oh God. I was like, how do you have a spot that just makes you t-shirts on one? So the I love that, right? <laughs> and then two, that you're just making these amazing t-shirts with the font. Just like a family Anyone? barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like a family it's, it's reunion t-shirt. Like family t-shirt. reunion t-shirt. She's fantastic. The year of. <laughs> she had a plan last year. Like last year was her, and I think we discussed this, that um, last year was her 50th high school reunion. And so she was like, Oh, I'm gonna roll in there looking the best of everyone. She's yes. like, What do I need to do? And I was like, What? I was like, This is the dream for me. So I literally sent her like <laughs> all this like 
vitamin C serums and like moisturizers oh and face masks and I like wrote out like a regime for her. I was I like, here's what this. you're going to do, ma'am. So I remember this was February last year, right before everything shut down and you were like, my auntie, it's her year and I need to get her snacks for her <laughs> high school reunion. <laughs> and I told her how I was thinking about flying her in before to come get microblading. Yes! You. Oh yes, my God. This lady is not playing around. Like she had a plan. She was going on cruises. She was going on trips. She was going to this reunion. She was too slight. She was like, look, I'm going to roll up in there. And she's like, I am not some old lady. She's like, I'm rolling up in here as this hot dime piece. She's like, hot girl summer. Yes. Yes. And then came Coronas. Like, just knocked it down. So she was really upset. Okay. Well, she's going to live it up when the pandemic's over. Live it up. It's true. She's going on all the cruises. Um, all the cruises. Okay, so we should make her a t-shirt because that's kind of why yeah. I wanted to bring up Auntie because Auntie gave us the greatest auntieism ever. Oh my god, this should be like the closing this like the quote. <laughs> the closing quote. Really is. I'm a grown woman. I need a grown woman drink. Wait, what is it? I'm messing it up. I'm messing up the quote. Like, so this guy brought her a drink and she like took a sip and she was like, she's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. She's like, I'm a grown woman with grown woman problems. You're going to have to like like up this drink for me and he drink. really did i'm like and so i go i drop that at <laughs> bars all the time yes. and people just crack up when you tell them that and they will go ahead and just like top you off like yes. just out of the like audacity of doing it <laughs> right they're, they're just like what did you just say yeah like you go to open bars you can go to other bars and you're just like oh, i'm sorry i'm a grown woman grown woman problem so they're just like People, people just like nod and just like, like oh, I get it, <laughs> I get it. So it's down I get it. But I then there's something just crack up. It's just like holy, just like below your drink. Yes, <laughs> you understand? My yes. Issues. So that's yeah. the T-shirt. I'm a grown woman with grown woman problems. I need a grown woman drink. Yes. Yeah. Hope that you loved that interview with Sai. Isn't she very cute and sweet and fun? Oh, she's the best. She's the best. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) I really love... I don't know. Her life is cool. Yes. She's had a really cool career Mm -hmm. and really made the most of living in New York City because it can be fucking hard. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to get jobs that you love. I mean, working for NPR is clearly... It's a big deal. I mean, holy shit. And so... And then... To get this job at Sonos, they found her. Yes. Not that she didn't work hard to get to where she inevitably ended up. Yes. But like, they wanted her ass. She was just like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, I love it. I love she was just like, look, I'm fucking busy. Which is probably why they wanted her more. They're like, we're Sonos coming after you for a job. And you say, I'm too busy with my other job. Come back. (laughs) Come back later. They're like, and we will. Yes. I just really, I really like her a lot. And I think... It's probably hard. I mean, it sounds like when she was at NPR, there were a lot of women there. But I feel like, at least when I think about the music industry. Think of a bunch of dudes. A bunch of dudes, yeah. Especially like late 90s. Yeah. Long hair. So that's kind of a big deal. For right? sure. I think. Long, I long mean, hair. Long hair. Yeah. <laughs> long hair, ripped t-shirt, some change, definitely a wallet chain. For sure. Do you know this from your short stint at Fader? <laughs> None of them were wearing wallet chains, trust me. They were way too cool for that. So funny. Wallet chains were, when I saw a dude with a wallet chain at the mall, I instantly was like, 
you're hot. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? No, it was a moment. I wonder if I'd still feel that way. I haven't seen no, anyone with girl, a wallet No, you would chain. not feel that. If you did that, I would hit you with that wallet chain <laughs> and be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I haven't seen, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't seen a dude with a wallet chain in a really long time. Yeah, there's a reason. Maybe if you, went to, the, if you went to the Midwest, you would see a lot of dudes with wallet so? chains. For with sure. With spiky hair, I can just relive my teen years yeah. all over again. Tribal tats? Yeah. upper arm. Okay. Wait, let's get back to the side. So. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And um, I think also it's important to note, like, being a woman working in industries, again, we've talked about this before. I've never worked anywhere that wasn't all women. Yes. I can't imagine what it is like to to work among men. It seems so weird to well, me. Well, yeah, but I mean, let's talk about like the obvious elephant in the room is size of black women also. Right. It's not even just being a woman, right? Right. And she did touch on that, which a lot of our clients touch on, is if you look around and you're the only person that looks like you, it's just you, girl. Ain't nobody else doing that job. Like, yeah. you are the first to it's do a, a lot deal. of things. It's huge. And even if you don't go out like being like, I'm going to be the first to do this just to accomplish it, right, is such a huge deal. And, and like you said perfectly, to have somebody coming after her to be like, we need you to head our global division of yeah, this. Yeah, and you're a woman and you're a woman of color. Mm-hmm. We want you. Yeah, yeah. So guys, listen to Sonos Radio. It's fucking dope. Oh, I'm excited too. Yeah, I love Britney Howard Radio. I think it's really incredible. Britney Howard is the uh, lead singer for Alabama Shakes, if you guys don't I know that. I saw them that. play live once. You did? At Barnesville Stadium, yeah. Oh, you're They're so great. cool. I bet they were. I didn't even know them then. Live shows can't wait for that to come back. Yeah. So listen to Sonos Radio. Get you a Sonos if you don't have a Sonos. They're really affordable. I think it's like a buck twenty or something for the Yeah, they're not very much. We have two of them here if you've been here before to get services. And you were wondering what how you know what's amazing sound system. Yes, exactly. It's two little speakers. They're small speakers. Yes, there's tiny. They have bigger they got bigger things, ones, but, but the coolest thing I think I, I saw actually I posted this is every Sonos product has an average lifespan of 16 years. That's insane. 16 years. I'll tell Kyle that because I'm still convinced. <laughs> yes, but honestly, what products, what electrical products do you have for 16 years? Nothing. They make them so that you have to throw them away and upgrade yeah. them like every other year these days. So just in terms of it being, you know, a also we're not getting company, paid. We're by not Sonos, getting paid by, by Sonos the way. whatsoever. <laughs> we just stand them. And it's even better when you have a friend that's on the inside because for me anyway, it just makes me love that company more because they are yeah. co-signing on it. So that's really cool. Well, you get also. to see like the inside of it all and like yeah. why they do it. Yeah. And it's cool when a company is, you know, venturing out from just being like, you know, yes, they make products, but they're also contributing to the culture because like mm-hmm. music is culture, right? And that's so true. just like taking that and oh, running with true. it, you know? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, guys. Anyway, that's enough from us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You guys can check us out on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast or at True Beauty Brooklyn. And I have to say, so many people have been following us lately. Yeah. Yeah, it's shit's exciting. rocking. Yeah, I like Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That makes us happy. I want to thank you guys again, but I can't yet because nobody has left a goddamn review. <laughs> so <laughs> Leave a review. Just be the first one. You'll be special. We'll shout you out. Rate us and review us, dudes. That's Maybe we'll send you a gift. Just kidding. No, I don't know what that would be no we don't have anything to give you you're like no (laughs) just our love and affection that's all we can give you for leaving us a review and a rating we would love it so so much and then hopefully next week i can actually thank you instead of you know running into this with this weird trick anyway the other thing is you can come and see us in real life. If you live locally, you can make an appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com. Don't you dare just come here. Don't you You got to make an appointment. Make an appointment. This is exclusive. Exclusive. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. We love you guys. Thanks. Oh, send us your listening. letters. Send us your listeners. 
Alex is really tired today. Um, TrueBeautyBrooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And now that's really it. See you next time. Bye. Bye.